This episode of Inside the Vatican is brought to you by Hesburgh. Hesburgh is an award-winning documentary film about Father Theodore Hesburgh, longtime president of the University of Notre Dame and America's most well-known Catholic priest. Critics are calling Hesburgh a powerful and extraordinary film about one of America's all-time greatest educators. Hesburgh is out nationwide starting April 26th. For more information, visit hesburghfilm.com. That's H-E-S-B-U-R-G-H film.com. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I will take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. First up, we'll update you on the situation in Sri Lanka after a series of explosions in churches and hotels there on Easter Sunday. Then, we'll talk about the new editorial board of Women Church World. Finally, we'll talk through some big reforms that Pope Francis has planned for the Roman Curia. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New York, Jerry. Good morning from Rome. It's uh, gray skies this morning or this afternoon here. Some uh, slight drizzle, so it's <laughs> not the su- usual sunny Rome. That's all right. And it's, uh, it's a holiday, right? Yeah, it's May the 1st, which is the big day everything stops here. Well, thanks for calling us on your day off. All right, so the first thing that we're going to talk about is on Easter Sunday, April 21st, um, more than 200 people were killed in a series of eight explosions in Sri Lanka. And the Islamic State later claimed responsibility for the attacks. But before we talk about what happened there, Jerry, I wanted to ask if you could give us a brief explanation of sort of the religious and ethnic breakdown of Sri Lanka. Well, Sri Lanka is basically a Buddhist country. It has been through a civil war for many, many years, which ended maybe five, six years ago. Uh, The Catholic Church is a small minority, about 1.6 million people, but they come from both the Sinhalese, which is the main dominant ethnic group, and the Tamil, which is the smaller group, uh, who fought the civil war. Uh, So it had people on both sides of the civil war. Muslims are about 6% of the population of the country. It's a very beautiful country. I, I was there when Pope Francis went on his way to the Philippines. He stopped in Sri Lanka and he was given a very warm welcome. The One had hoped at that time that we had seen the end of violence because it had been a very violent, very bloody civil war which the Tamils were crushed at the end of that. What has happened in Sri Lanka since these attacks? Uh, This really came out of the blue. It seems that the government, or uh, at least certain levels of the administration, had warnings, but they hadn't acted on these warnings. Now, you say that the ISIS has claimed responsibility for some of it. Uh, One never knows in these claims whether they are true or false, because it's, it's very difficult to verify who's made the claim, what's the evidence for it, etc. But certainly it uh, has hit very badly the Catholic community. Uh, You saw last Sunday the churches did not celebrate, there was no masses celebrating the churches. The Cardinal, the Archbishop of Columba, Malcolm Ranjit, whom I know quite well, he uh, celebrated mass on television, which was broadcast throughout the country. But uh, 
it's very sad and uh, clearly there's some attempt to try and stir up interreligious tensions. It wasn't just the Catholics or even the Christians who stayed home last weekend. Muslims in Sri Lanka were also urged not to attend Friday prayers at their mosques for fear of retaliatory violence following the Easter attacks. The Sri Lankan government has also banned any kind of face covering for security reasons. But because that law primarily affects Muslim women who wear the niqab, it might also contribute to heightening tensions. Jerry, do you expect that things will get back to normal? Or is there going to be uh, more unrest expected? Pope Francis has often spoken about the, the evil, the, the powers of evil that seek to divide, both within the church but also within the society. And I think this is very much what we are seeing. The, the question is, has the, is the conflict being moved from the Middle East with the defeat or almost defeat of ISIS there? if they are involved, and is it being moved to Asia? Remember, the majority of Muslims are in Asia, not in the Middle East. And uh, there is no indication that the majority of these people are any, that they want calm lives like everybody else. They want to live in a dignified way. And I, I think this attempt to kind of smear one group, to stir tensions against another group, is really diabolical. It's hard to tell where things will go next in Sri Lanka, but at least one rural church held mass this week in an attempt to restore normalcy. You can read about that church and the rest of our ongoing coverage of the situation in Sri Lanka at americamagazine.org. And as always, I'll link to our stories in the show notes. Back in March, we brought you an interview with Lucetta Scarafia, the editor of the Vatican newspaper's monthly women's magazine, Women Church World. And the next week, we updated you on how the entire staff had resigned in protest of what they saw as male dominance being exerted over their magazine. This week, Andrea Monda, the editor of the Vatican newspaper, announced the members of Women Church World's new editorial board. And at the top of the masthead is Italian journalist Rita Pinci, who has been called a feminist in the press. Jerry, I wanted to ask you, were you surprised by this appointment? Well, I, I didn't really know this woman. I think many of us didn't know. She was in the Messaggero, which is mainly, it's a national paper, but basically a, a Roman paper. I expect there would have been appointments, one didn't know whom. Uh, I think it's worth noting that she's not named as the editor. She's named as the coordinator of the editorial team. Though Pinchy's title as coordinator is the same title Scarafia held, it's not clear how her role might be different from her predecessors. I asked Jerry if we could expect any significant change in the magazine's editorial direction with this new staff. Well, this this editorial committee has to meet. They have to decide how they're going to work together. They have to decide what uh, stories they will report on, what issues they wish to raise, uh, how daring they will be. It all remains to be seen. I I think we can only answer your question in about six months' time. When Pope Francis was elected six years ago, one of the things he was expected to do was reform the Roman Curia. That is, all the offices and congregations and committees in the Vatican that help the Pope govern the Church. A few days after he became pope, Francis put together a group of cardinal advisors to help him with the task. 
And now, after a few years of incremental reforms like structural changes in the communications office and some of the cultural changes we've talked about on this show, the Cardinal Advisors have drafted a plan for a major restructuring of the Curia. And that restructuring plan prioritizes evangelization, which some people have interpreted to mean a de-emphasis on things like policing doctrine. When the cardinals met before the conclave, they said that they wanted coordination, some kind of bringing together of the different bodies, because these bodies were mushrooming. Under John Paul II, they, they created many new Vatican structures. Under Benedict, they created at least one, the new evangelization, the Council for New Evangelization. And the bishops felt that, you know, were all these different entities necessary? And so under Francis, with the Council of Cardinal Advisors, they've gone into a process of trying to incorporate into just one office, three or four offices. So here's how they're trying to do that. First, there won't be any more congregations or pontifical councils. Under this plan, those bodies will be consolidated into or just renamed dicasteries, which just means offices. Then, some offices are being combined into larger offices that reflect the Pope's priorities. For example, two new offices are being made out of other smaller offices to focus on evangelization and care for the poor. And that's causing some people to say that other offices are being demoted. The new office that will be the most important under this plan is the new Super Dicastery for Evangelization. Basically, it's a combination of the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples, which oversees missionary work, and the smaller Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization, which is a Benedict-era office that oversees evangelization in a specifically 21st century way. I asked Jerry what he thought about this term, Super Dicastery. Well, we have to see what the final the, the, the term is. It may simply be dicastery. But in this plan, it was super. But uh, I, I would really have wished that they had chosen another word. <laughs> kind of people can uh, in the street could understand what, what it's talking about. Now, the possible changes in importance of the Vatican offices has raised some questions. For example, the prioritization of evangelization and care for the poor have been read as a demotion of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. That's the Vatican office that makes sure theologians and church institutions are following Catholic teaching, which it sometimes does through public investigations that can confirm or take away credibility from a bishop or a theologian. That office has also become the primary Vatican office that investigates sexual abuse, although its main concern is still doctrine. So they had, in a way, a role that could really block careers in the church. Our advancement, Pope Francis doesn't like the, the, the word career, but advancement in the church. That last comment Jerry made really gets at one of the main goals of this restructuring. The Pope wants to decentralize the power of the Vatican, putting more decisions in the hands of the local bishops and keeping the central offices in the Vatican as a resource for them. And because of that, he's consolidating offices in order to make that central power smaller. In short, the Pope wants more priests and bishops out working in the local church rather than being concentrated in the Vatican. And that shift in how we think about the Vatican has also led to new questions about who might fill Vatican positions. Do you think that this plan will include people who weren't involved before, will include maybe more lay people? Well, it's quite possible. There have been rumors, but not verified, that the Pope was going to appoint uh, a woman to head the Vatican Finance Department, 
what what was once called the Secretariat for the Economy. And that was Cardinal Pell's position, right? That was Cardinal Pell's position. I have not found anybody who has been able to confirm this also at a high level. It may be the case that this is happening, but or it may be the case that, as some suggest here, that the name was among those being discussed and somebody wanted to ensure that the name was blocked. So the theory goes that they wanted it to be blocked, so they leaked it to the media? Yes, exactly. We we don't know. And I certainly have no opinion on this. All I know for certain is that some very high-level officials in the Curia do not know anything about this appointment. Got it. So we'll see who ends up being appointed to this position. But it's safe to say that this restructuring of the Vatican's offices has the possibility to open up new opportunities. And it seems that this is set up to be the biggest effort to concretize the big cultural shift that Pope Francis has been working to bring about in the Vatican. Well, the, the, the first thing is, is this change of perspective. Th- that is very significant, that the, the Roman Curia is there, that's the Vatican Civil Service, is there to serve the Pope, but also to serve the bishops. It is not there as a body that controls the bishops. The bishops are linked with the Pope in one college. This civil service is to serve that college, Pope and bishops. Secondly, it is to the decisions, as I understand it, the the Pope is trying to decentralize a lot. So to say that the problems that will, the questions that have to be resolved in Rome must be of a type that cannot be resolved at the local level. That's a second significant shift. Thirdly, the question of you have big, they call them dicasteries. You had congregations, you had pontifical councils, you had tribunals, you had offices, you had a variety of different names for the different uh, operations here. This document aims to simplify that. The Pope's Council of Cardinal Advisors is expected to meet at the end of June to discuss the plans outlined in this document. If they agree on a final version at that meeting, then the Pope could sign the final document as early as June 29th. And of course, we'll keep you up to date on all those changes here on Inside the Vatican. Thank you so much for all of uh, all the information and context you were able to provide this week. There's some, some big stuff happening at the Vatican. Well, next week I'm heading. Next Sunday I'm heading with the Pope to Bulgaria and northern Macedonia. So the Pope is on his 29th foreign trip. Does that mean it's also your 29th foreign trip with him? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on practically all of them. I think maybe one or two I haven't. Inside the Vatican is produced by America Media at our William J. Loeschert studio in New York City. Our executive producer is Eloise Blondio. Our news producer is Kevin Clark. Our audio engineer is Kieran Friedman. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Oliver Lazarus. Our studio manager is Leopold Stubner. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org or follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. See you next week. This episode of Inside the Vatican is brought to you by Hesburgh. 
Hesburgh is an award-winning documentary film about Father Theodore Hesburgh, longtime president of the University of Notre Dame and America's most well-known Catholic priest. Critics are calling Hesburgh a powerful and extraordinary film about one of America's all-time greatest educators. Hesburgh is out nationwide starting April 26th. For more information, visit hesburghfilm.com. That's H-E-S-B-U-R-G-H film.com.